You may be seated for the reading of our scriptures found in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Thank you, Jonathan. Good morning. It's good to be together again as part of the body of Christ, the Not only the blessing of just being in one another's company, but also the strength that we draw from being together. So God bless us in the time we we spend today. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, go overseas and to visit Israel, the Holy Lands, to to see the, the area where Christ our Lord walked during His earthly ministry. And while I was there, I was taken aback by the level of military presence that surrounded us almost everywhere we went, especially in the city of Jerusalem itself. And I was further amazed at the overall youthfulness, the general youthfulness of of the troops uh, that were present there, the majority of the troops. And not only that, but there seemed to be a, a, the the troops were comprised of pretty much a balance uh, of men and women. And when I made this observation uh, known to our tour guide, our our tour guide told us that with very few exceptions, uh, everyone who is an Israeli citizen, uh, a Jewish Israeli citizen, once they attain the age of 18, everyone is expected to serve at least two years in their nation's military For some, it's even as much as four years, and if they achieve a rank, it could be even longer than that, which translates into, even though Israel as a nation is not all that big, I mean, it's only about the size of the the state of New Jersey, yet when it comes to the number of troops per capita, Israel has the fourth largest military in the world. Why? Because although Israel is the size of the state of New Jersey, yet Israel is not surrounded by Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, and New York. Israel is surrounded on all fronts with hostile states, extreme, religious, zealous-driven terrorist organizations sworn to its destruction. And that is where Israel anticipates that there could be an attack at any moment. 
And so what it has done over time by requiring all of its citizens to have military training, what that means now if all of a sudden is if there is any kind of military attack that they may face, every single one of its adult citizens has been trained for military service and is in a position to rise up and to defend their nation. My friends, two weeks ago, if you were with us in worship, we were reminded that life is not a game. It is a war in which you and I daily encounter countless spiritual minefields. And, and again, how many chances do you get to make it through a minefield? <laughs> One. All right? Well, here in our text for today, Paul reminds us uh, of an even further harsh reality of life. Like the nation of Israel, you and I are surrounded by hostile spiritual forces on all fronts. Extreme, zealous-driven spiritual forces that are bent not only on our temporal demise, but even our eternal demise. The Apostle Paul snaps us to quick attention when he writes, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Comprised of Satan, his evil hosts, the world, even our own sinful flesh, our enemy seeks to not only lure us back into the spiritual minefields of sin, it intends to bring the battle for our souls right to our very doorstep. And who knows this better than the Apostle Peter, who himself, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, fell under spiritual attack. In a moment in his life, he regrettably faltered. Only years later, to then write these words for our benefit, when Peter said, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Jesus himself declared, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. My friends, there is no denying we live in a constant war zone. And it's not a question of if our enemy is going to attack. It's only a question of when. As such, you and I also need to live in a constant state of readiness. Which means you and I need to be prepared now for the battle which is sure to come. In fact, some of you sitting here today may be able to say, Oh, Pastor, I don't have to wait for the battle to come. I'm dealing with it right now in my own life. Well, the good news, my friends, that God has for each and every one of us, two things. First of all, neither you nor I have to go into battle alone. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, goes into this battle with us. In fact, Today, as we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ, that moment when he went to the mountaintop and his whole disposition was transformed to where he glowed uh, like the sun, 
I remind you that it was from that point on in his ministry that Jesus set his eyes on going to the cross of Calvary where he did battle on our behalf against Satan, sin, and death. Not only is this good news for you and me that our Savior is by our side, but it is great news because if we take a moment and just be honest about it with ourselves, there is no way that you or I could stand against Satan, his temptations. He is a formidable foe. And that's why the Apostle Paul leads into this section by saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It is an awareness of this truth that is at our disposal when we understand that God is there for us that caused David to be able to say, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Not only do we have that good news that we do not go into battle alone, but we do not go into battle defenseless. Our good and gracious God provides us with the means necessary this side of heaven to be able to not only take a stand against Satan and his evil schemes, but to withstand his attacks, to even go on the offensive sometimes uh, when the case arises. And that is why the Apostle Paul then goes on to say, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Well, I want you to fully appreciate the imagery that Paul uh, utilizes here in order to, to stress to us the truth of what this armor of God means for us. I mean, back in Paul's day, just the mere mention of armor conjured up in the minds of his readers the image of a frontline, battle-hardened Roman soldier. The means by which Rome had not only conquered their territory, but the then known world and held it. Understand a Roman soldier, just the image, just the sight of a Roman soldier would strike fear and terror in the hearts and the minds of people. It's kind of like if you find yourself driving down the road, all right, you're just kind of, you know, just not really paying attention, but you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you look up in the mirror. And there's a black and white car behind you, you know, one with those nice pretty lights on the roof. And you're right away, what do you do? Oh, you check, your, you check, you know, your speed limit, you check, your, you know, everything. Are they there for me? Did I do something? Just the sheer image sometimes strikes fear uh, in us. Well, that's what Paul is capitalizing on. But what I want you to see is what Paul does with this image. He takes that image that ordinarily causes us fear. In other words, that image of a Roman soldier, and he applies that imagery to who? To us. To those who are followers of God. To those who put on the full armor of God. And in essence, what Paul is saying here, when you, when I, as a believer in Jesus Christ, put on the full armor of God, what does that do to all those who are enemies of God? It strikes fear in them. Because when we stand strong in the Lord and in the armor that He provides for us, those who are enemies of Almighty God cannot stand in our presence likewise. That is what enables us, as Paul says, to not only take our stand, 
but to also stand our ground against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Using this fearsome imagery of a Roman soldier, the Apostle Paul then goes on to talk about the blessings that are yours and are mine because of this awesome armor given to us by Almighty God. First of all, Paul talks about the belt of truth and how vital uh, this piece of armor is for us because recall, how did Jesus refer to Satan? But as the father of lies. Satan will use lies and and distortions and and half-truths in order to get us to believe something that isn't true. But my friends, when we stand on the truth of God's word, every time Satan falls. Satan cannot stand in the presence of truth. Recall each time that Satan came against Jesus with his temptations in the wilderness, Jesus came against Satan with the truth of God's word. With each temptation Jesus countered, it is written. I love the way Martin Luther put it in the third verse of his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress, when he talks about one little word. One little word will fell him. One little word of truth. Being able to look at Satan and say, that is a lie. You liar. That is not the truth. In orders us to stand and causes him to fall. What a blessing it is that we have the truth of God's word available to us to wrap ourselves in. Secondly, at our disposal is the breastplate of righteousness. Now understand, um, the breastplate covers you know, the vital organs, especially the heart. And Satan is looking for a way to stick us in the heart. And Satan's got this little dagger that he wants to use against us. And my guess is we've all felt the stick of this little dagger. See, Satan likes to take your sins and my sins and bring them to remembrance to us. And he wants to say, sinner. There's no way God could love you. You're a Sinner. Remember what you did last week, sinner? There's no way God could ever love you. Remember some of those things you did back when you were a kid, when you were younger, when you were in college, some of those things you regret, some of those things you hope nobody ever finds out about. You're a sinner. He looks for a way to stick us in the heart over and over and over again, getting us to believe, try to believe that there's no way that God could ever love us. I don't know about you, but have you ever had one of those moments where you've just taken the Lord's Supper? You know, you go back to your seat and your spouse or your child or your grandchild does something and you get a little ticked off and all of a sudden you find Satan there going, you just went to communion, sinner. But what covers us in the name of Jesus Christ? The breastplate of righteousness. Not a righteousness of our own, but a righteousness won for us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A righteousness wherein God looks at your sin and my sin and says, not guilty. Forgiven. Washed away. That is the wonderful blessing that God has given to us in the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. It covers us. It protects our heart. And prevent Satan from sticking that little dagger of sinner in our hearts over and over again. What a blessing God has given to us. Thirdly, the Apostle Paul talks about the gospel of peace. And he, 
He identifies that with the, the footwear of a Roman soldier. And uh, it is said, many historians uh, believe that the secret behind Roman conquest was in a Roman soldier's footwear. And we may think that odd at first, but think about it. You know, if your feet aren't happy, <laughs> you're not going anywhere fast. I mean, if you've ever gotten a pebble in your shoe or maybe gotten a shoe where it has a little bit of leftover leather in there that's digging away or just a pair of shoes that just are not comfortable, it pretty well shuts down your mobility and your enjoyment. I mean, I remember as a kid trying to take a walking tour of Philadelphia uh, with, with a brand new pair of shoes that just weren't working for me and uh, pretty well shut down our tour that day because my feet weren't going anywhere. But look what Rome was able to accomplish. I'm not exactly sure what the footwear was, but whatever it was, it was comfortable, it was protective, and it provided them with great mobility when you consider the expanse amount of territory that Roman soldiers covered. My friends, Paul equates that to the peace that is now ours from Almighty God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. The kind of peace that says no matter what the road I may have to face in my life, no matter how rocky the terrain, no matter how tough, no matter how difficult it is, yet because I am at peace with God, because God is at peace with me, even though everything about my life may not be exactly where I'd like it to be, yet I still know that God is there for me and will be walking that road with me. When we have that kind of peace, we can walk any road that may come our way in life. What a wonderful blessing it is that we have the gospel of peace in Christ Jesus. Then ta Paul talks about the shield of faith. And here the apostle Paul's talking about what was called the long shield, where it was about two foot wide and about four foot high. And the long shield of a Roman soldier was covered uh, not only with uh, animal hide, with leather, but then prior to battle, they would soak the shield in water to get the leather soaked with water. So in the event the Roman soldier comes across flaming, having to deal with flaming arrows, not only does the shield protect them from the tip of the arrow itself, but if the arrow is on fire, the moisture in the shield would douse uh, the flaming uh, arrows that would come their way. Well, my friend, Satan has arrows that he's shooting at us, uh, Arrows of doubt, arrows of uncertainty, arrows where he's trying to get us to doubt God's presence and being there for us. And with the shield of faith, the shield of faith that says, I don't care what you say, Satan, but if God said it in his word, I trust it and I believe it. And regardless of what it may look like right now in my life, I am confident that God is here for me. What a blessing it is for us to not only take up the shield of faith, but to hold that shield up, especially in those moments when Satan is shooting his arrows of doubt and deception in our direction. What a blessing God has given to us in the shield of faith. Paul talks about next about the helmet of salvation. And like the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet even more so uh, covers uh, protects uh, the most vital part of our body, our head, because a blow to the head can not only be uh, disorienting, disabling, it can even be downright fatal. And that's why the truth of our salvation plays such a vital role in our defense against Satan. My friends, by God's grace, you and I who believe in Jesus have been saved. 
Just go back to John 3.16, a verse which many of us have committed to memory. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Go back, visit that page in your Bible. You will, behind the word whoever, you will not find an asterisk that says, oh, except for John, or except for John, or except for Martha. No, it says, whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I love the way Paul has written about this in Romans chapter 8, where Paul says, we have the certainty that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In fact, if God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. That is the assurance that is ours as a result of God's gift of salvation to you and to me in Christ Jesus. And finally, we come to the last piece of God's armor, the the sword of the Spirit, which Paul identifies as the Word of God. Interestingly, the sword is not only a means of defense, but it is our one means of offense, where we have the opportunity to rise up against Satan. Understand what has come forth from God's mouth is deadly in striking down the foe of God and the foe of us. It was by His Word that God brought life into existence in the beginning when God said, and it was so. It is by the Word of God that you and I, through the precious waters of holy baptism, the Word of God connected to the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper, are assured of our salvation and our forgiveness. The Bible makes quite clear the very Word of God is the power unto salvation. And that is where for you and I, the only way for us to become proficient with the sword of the Spirit is to become increasingly familiar with the Word of God. I mean, understand the more time that we spend in God's Word, the more we are going to benefit from having that Word at our disposal. How many here remember back in the days of Sunday school confirmation doing memory work? Huh? Huh? Yeah, we got a few of you here, you know. And how many of you said, boy, sure, I'm glad I've got that behind me. No, don't raise your hand. Because the reality is, even as an adult, we benefit from taking God's Word and writing it on our hearts, becoming familiar about the weaknesses in our own spiritual lives where Satan seems to be effective in coming against us over and over again, how vital it is that we need to take Bible passages that speak to our weaknesses, to learn those by heart. And when Satan comes trying to stick us with a lie or a deception or a doubt, like Jesus, we can take up the sword of the Spirit and say, Satan, it is written. What a wonderful blessing God has given to us in the sword of the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, If you start thinking about the armor of God that is at our disposal, and we got a pretty awesome suit of armor, don't we? Amen? Amen? We do. What a wonderful blessing that God has given to us. But there's one most important truth of all that we need to tie to the armor of God, and it is, and it is this. All of this armor, 
all of this awesome armor will do us no good unless we do what? Wear it. Put it on. In fact, the word for put it on here that Paul uses is an ongoing present. In other words, put it on and keep it on. Never, ever take it off. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we had prayers in our worship service for one of our college youth who was out longboarding on his, you know, I call it skateboarding, but I guess if it's a long skateboard, it's a longboard. And in the course of longboarding, he fell and suffered a double skull fracture and concussion. And of course, the first question that everybody asked when they heard the news was, how's he doing now? And he's doing a whole lot better. Uh, looks like he's going to be able to, to graduate from college uh, without too much trouble. The next question everybody asked was, was he wearing a helmet? The answer is already obvious. The answer is no. Well, after his recovery, after he had gotten out of the hospital and uh, returned home and was doing well, one of the first chances he had to get back on Facebook and just to kind of share a little bit about his, little bit about his experience, uh, I just have to share with you uh, one of the things he initially wrote when he got back onto Facebook. He wrote this, Longboarding is cool with helmets. My friends, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. God grant this to you, to me, unto everlasting life. Amen? Amen.